Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 112 of A Play on Nerds. I am one of your co-hosts, Jarman. And I'm the other co-host, Steve, and we're going to co-host the hell out of this. Hell yes. And uh, this week we are continuing our ongoing service, service, uh, series mm. of, uh, <laughs> I can't talk now, of reviewing the uh, all the Star Trek and Muppet films in the film franchises. So we're getting close to the end here, and now we're doing uh, 2011's uh, The Muppets. That's right. We are very close. I think we have two Star Treks left. One Muppet movie left. Uh, yeah. So it's been, we're, we're here. We're, we're in that home stretch, everybody. So bear with us. Hopefully there'll be more Muppet movies in the future. But, you know, who knows? I don't know. It doesn't seem like Disney's doing anything with them. <laughs> it's so sad. A little bit it is, yeah. I imagine for you it's very sad being a big fan and all. Yeah. I mean, every time, the two times we've gone down to Disney, I've always had, always had my eyes open for any sort of Muppet merch. And they're just, there's none. They're, they're just not pushing the brand it's so sad. They're kind of like killing it, basically. Yeah, maybe it just needs a break. Maybe for a little while, another 12 years. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so what have you been up to? We can tell recording. Uh, not too much week of work. And uh, we just went up and spent the weekend at Anna's mom's place. Nice. Uh, and went out yesterday afternoon and did a date and a movie. Ooh, what'd you see? So we went to Outback for lunch. And we got Bloomin' Onion and some burgers, and it was real good. Delicious. And I got one of them big beers. So after Outback, uh, we went and we saw Glass. Oh, I forgot that was already out. It just came out this weekend. Nice. Uh, And went to that place with reserved seats and recliners, which was real nice again. That's the best. Uh, And Glass is getting really panned right now. Oh no. Um and I don't think it deserves it. So it was actually good. Uh it was I, I will say for people that went in with certain expectations, it will disappoint because it was not a film with a huge scale to it. Yeah. People are expecting it to be like a big culmination, big spectacle, I guess. Right. They, that's the thing. They were expecting this to be the third film and the final thing. And it becomes very clear that that's not what the movie is. And I really enjoyed it. Even though there's not a crazy amount of action, I stayed gripped and involved. And I thought it did a beautiful job. So I don't know what people are complaining about. Rotten Tomatoes has it somewhere in the mid thirties. And I don't agree with that one bit. Wow. That is pretty low, but 30%. That's, that's ridiculous. I and mean, the first two, I think both got higher scores than that. Um, yeah, but the, the it, I really enjoyed it. Well, mind you, Unbreakable was was so good. Oh God, yeah. No, nobody saw Split coming. Uh, That's true. But no, I thought this did a great job, and I hope it opens it up for more movies to come. Oh, so it's kind of doing that then. Uh, maybe. I mean, it could go either way. It really could. Okay. I ho- I hope so. No spoilers. 
No, no spoilers, but I hope so. Is that on your end? Is that baby? Yeah, that's the kid. <laughs> okay. Another marker in there. <laughs> oh, also, oh no. I mean, we must, she's up. So here's the thing. We adjusted, uh, here's other big update. So what is she doing? What's going okay. on? So we adjusted the kid into her converter bed where her crib converts from a crib to like a step, like a toddler bed. Oh, okay. So one of the walls comes down so she can now get in and out of her bed freely. Oh. So while she is still trapped in her room via the contraption that I made and described on a prior episode, uh, she can still like come to the jam of the door and talk through it. (laughs) What does she say? Uh, So it depends on how desperate she is. Uh, This. So she's been doing things to get our attention. Um, One of her her most common one recently is uh, she'll say like, Hey, come look at my feet. (laughs) Or or like, like, sounds like great conversation. Or, it's cold in my bed and we go what is that and we go in and almost always she has taken her 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 pajamas off oh that's why so she's cold. just in, just in her diaper and she's like it's cold in here <laughs> i wonder or, why or she'll say there's nothing on my feet <laughs> like yes yeah, because you took your jammies off it's very creative ways of being a huge pain in your butt yeah so we'll see. It varies, though. <laughs> All right. So you'll just hear some little bit of chattering in the background from Steven's end and a little bit of scratching in the background from my the end. Cats. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> it's a good, good episode. Sorry, Muppets. This is more less. You deserve more than this. Sorry, our UK listeners. <laughs> Anyways, so you went to see Glass and it was OK. It was, it was good. Yeah, it, was, it was more than OK. I recommend it. I don't think it's worth the ire it is getting. All right. Well, uh, I actually went out and saw um, Aquaman today. Ooh, how was that? But today or yesterday? I don't even know anymore. Um, it all blends together. But I, it was pretty much what everyone I've heard uh, say about it was it was true. It was that giant spectacle, very fun, pretty to watch. But uh, you don't really care that much about the characters or the story that much. But it's probably second on the DC Universe list for me. Um, the first being Wonder Woman. Well, actually, no, I I put it third because Wonder Woman being number one. Uh, okay. Man of Steel, I actually really enjoyed. Okay, fair. Um, I didn't have the problem when I had just, just because he killed the guy at the end. I just didn't give a oh, shit. Oh, yeah. You got to get over it. Yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> so it was a fun movie. And then, uh, yeah, and then Aquaman. And then after that, probably Justice League was all, all right. But it was just a convoluted mess. But uh, yeah, Aquaman, I'd recommend it. Not my recommends for late in the episode. Hey, but... you forgot about Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, I didn't forget. It's no, okay. it's just, just just not on the list. It's just not even on the list. <laughs> but yeah, Aquaman was great. He was in, he's Jason Momoa playing himself basically um, in that movie. So it's worth seeing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, other than that, I had two fun D and D sessions. My two D and D groups, and Ooh. also had the premiere of Star Trek Discovery which I throw a watch party at my house for that. Um, nice. So we had a friends over and it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I recommend watching it folks get CBS all access for a couple months and watch them start Trek discovery. And then unsubscribe and wait for the remainder of the year. That's exactly what I did. But if you're actually well, in Canada, I think, or the UK, it's on a uh, Netflix. Well, not only that, but isn't there a ton of programming coming out over the next year? Star Trek wise. Yes, they're going to try to do it so it's staggered so that you'll want to stay subscribed the whole time. So they're releasing. Right. That's what they need. 
a lower decks uh, animated series. So it's basically like people who aren't are like ensigns and stuff like low level people on the ship and kind of follows right. them around. And then the Picard series is starting after that or around that same time. So Patrick Stewart's coming back to play old Picard. So it'll be interesting. You'll have all CBS right. Star Trek content all year long and give them all your money. Yeah, just <laughs> just funnel it to them because they need it. CBS has not been the top network in like 70 years or something like that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so that takes us to some nerdy news. Nerdy news. It's time for Nerdy News. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I was just getting the volumes right with this program. Getting used to all this stuff, folks. We try to get better and better for you, but we every should, time, but we get worse and worse. A little uh, bit better. <laughs> so, uh, you want to go first, buddy? Yeah. Take it uh, away. So this week for nerd news, I just thought that we could uh, do a bit. I don't know that we haven't really done before. That's uh, we're not that far into to January of 2019, and already we've lost some celebrities this year. Oh, that's unfortunate. So uh, Bob Einstein of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Arrested Development comedian actor uh, passed away. Uh, Daryl Dragon, who you might know more so as the captain of Cat of Captain and Tennille. Love will keep us together. The only song yeah. of theirs I know or anyone knows. Uh, there was a funny conversation, by the way, on another podcast to do like. Why did he change his name from to the captain from Daryl Dragon? <laughs> and if not, why did he go by Captain Dragon? Yeah, why why isn't it Dragon into Neil? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's gone. Gene Okerlund or Mean Gene Okerlund, wrestling announcer and commentator and interviewer. I grew up listening to him on the WCW. Mm, gotcha. uh, he passed. Uh, Carol Channing. That's a Broadway sad. actress and performer uh, and was in Hello, Dolly. Yep. And then I saw this one and just had to mention, even though I don't know who he is, Joseph Jarman. Oh, really? An, an American jazz musician. Oh, that's disturbing. That's right. <laughs> Joseph Jarman. Huh. Weird. Uh, but then while trying to, while looking up who's passed, uh, I came across a, a UK site, actually, for our UK listeners called deathless.net. Oh. And it's this, this group that ranks celebrities by they think they, their likelihood they're going to die in the next year <laughs> oh god it's probably good for news sites to use so uh, i want to just uh put it out so uh on this list number one spot last year as well actually kirk douglas somehow oh, still alive he's like 100 i think this year 102 or 103 yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous uh jimmy jimmy carter and bob dole wow forgot they were still alive uh jerry stiller oh yeah yeah he's getting there Bob Barker. Mm, I, th- uh, I thought he un- died a long time ago. <laughs> unfortunately, Betty White on the list. Mm. Barbara Walters. Uh, Her- Harry Belafonte. Ed Asner. Oh, yeah. Remember how old Ed Asner was in Elf? He's even older now. He's he's 17 years older now. Uh, Sidney Poitier. I thought he was dead, too. Uh, Little Richard. And then for some reason, Dick Van Dyke jumped 30 rankings this year. Wow. To make it into the top 50, and he nabbed the number 26 spot. I was thinking that Mel Brooks and uh, uh, Carl Reiner might be in there, too. Uh, so this is, they, they were saying this is a UK site. So it was people whose deaths would make news in the UK. 
there were some other stipulations. So a lot of the names I didn't recognize because they were clearly UK personalities that right. I didn't know. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. What a happy topic. Yeah. So that's my nerd news. <laughs> All right. So my nerdy news is UFOs in cold places. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So we have two places where some UFO news has sparked up this past week. Uh, one is uh, in Kingston, Ontario in Canada for our Canadian listeners out there. Uh, so an unidentified, an unidentified aircraft was seen circling overhead for days. Um, it said it was an aircraft with minimal lighting and it was seen over the city um, under the cover of darkness, but it was just like blacked out, not like the regular lights you'd have on an aircraft or a drone that's required by okay. law. Um, and for days, just circling each night, coming back around two or three o'clock in the morning. Uh, this one guy said, it's a mystery. I can hear it at two and 3 a.m. And I've only heard it after dark, about 6, 7, or 8 p.m. He could hear it then, but he couldn't hear it later. Some nights it's hmm. constant. It seems like it's circling. Um, so the Air Force officially said it wasn't theirs. And then the weird part was the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, called or the RCMPs, uh, they say that our primary concern is the safety and security of Canadians. We have multiple aircraft that support our mandate in Ontario and elsewhere in the country to maintain integrity of our investigations and operations. The location of our aircraft is not disclosed. We therefore have no additional information to share with you at this time. It's kind of passive aggressive, wow. but there's not saying it's not their aircraft, but, uh, the article I read brought up a good point. It's like, should people have the right to know what's circling over them for hours and days at a time? Like as citizens in a private area, like in, like if, if there was a plane circling over you and Anna's head right now for days on end and they That's say, true. we don't need to tell you what that is. It's like what? Yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> so either way, it's a UFO because it's an identified flying object and that's weird. So that's a one cold place. Uh, next one is in Siberia, even colder. Uh, oh, I checked, by the way, in Kingston, Ontario right now, it's negative five degrees. So it's cold. Wow. Um, in Siberia, though, uh, Vladimir Putin sent the military to check out a possible UFO attack after a mountain collapsed. Okay. Oh, okay. A mountain. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one local, this is what he said to the newspaper, Siberian Times. Me and colleague Mikhail were driving a truck with various food supplies from my shops towards Argna and in the general direction of the Kabarvek region. I don't know, it's a weird word. The night was clear. It was the sixth or eighth day of the lunar phase, so the moon did not rise high and the sky was dark. Seconds before 1.30 a.m., the whole sky lit up. We saw a huge green-colored body with a spectacularly bright and very long tail falling almost vertically at about 80 degrees angle. We saw it right in front of us, falling east to south. It happened within three or four seconds. So, he saw a big green thing in the sky, and it landed into a mountain and knocked the whole mountain over. Um, sounds, wow. like, sounds like a meteor, but there are no records yeah, from the uh, scientific organizations that a meteor had fallen that night. Um, it also could possibly have been a landslide, but people who lived there and see a lot of landslides said it was like no landslide they've ever seen before. And huh. there was also no crater uh, where the mountain collapsed. Uh, and the Siberian Times did a poll of the locals to see what they thought the event was. Uh, 27% thought it was a meteor, 40% landslide, and 33% thought it was a UFO attack. So <laughs> the, uh, uh, Putin did send out military and relief efforts there to like clear it up because it's blocking like tradeways now because this giant mountain collapsed. Um, but it's pretty weird. 
something hit that mountain really hard and screwed things up. And there's a lot of meteor hits in Russia for some reason. Yeah, there was a huge one that injured a bunch of people a few years ago. Yeah, and like, like you saw the footage, like the windows smashing from far away, just in the sound blast and everything. So I don't know what the deal is up there, but it's crazy. So that's my stories. UFOs in cold <clears throat> places. Nice. So where does that bring that's us to better now? than all my dead people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a, little, a little more happy, I guess. Well, that brings us to dopey Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Let the Dungeons and the Dragons begin. With the legends of yore, it's D&D. <laughs> That's right. So it's D&D&D, Dopey Dungeons and Dragons, where I take character concepts and bring them to life. Uh, and one that I've been working on, because I don't think we heard from anybody. Uh, not on this yet. We're still getting right, used to it, I think. I, well, I'll do it one more time. And if I don't get some sort of request for a pop culture character or a character from your favorite movie you want me to create, then I'm just going to stop. <laughs> uh, so the, this one is uh, The Wrestler. Is sort of the idea I went in with. Ah. So um, if you want to do unarmed combat in Dungeons and Dragons, you are pretty much relinquished to Monk. That's true. I didn't think about it that way. That's Monk. very true. So I was trying to think of what kind of primarily unarmed combatant could you make that is not a Monk, a strength-based unarmed combatant. Right. And uh, the, the answer is you really don't have a lot of options uh, because Monk is not only built to have advantage with, with unarmed strikes, but also has the movement abilities that are basically necessary for the kind of play style of a wrestler or a close quarter combatant. Like they get all the things to support that. Cause that's what they are. You don't get those things in other classes. Right. Um, so I had to get creative. Uh Oh, uh, and so here, here's what it is. So first you take the background entertainer and your background is gladiator. You're a wrestler. That means that you make your you can make your living in a town by wrestling and finding places that there are fights. <laughs> okay. So your living your living is taken care of. You're going to take five levels in barbarian. Mm. So barbarian, big strength based class. Uh, when you rage, you get big damage resistance, but more importantly, you get advantage on your strength uh, ability checks. Right. The reason this is important is because grapple and shove. Uh, are two of the most broken and underutilized mechanics in the game. <laughs> so when you grapple or shove, you are not making an attack. You are making an opposed ability check. So you are making an athletics check. And your enemy is making an athletics or acrobatics check. And whoever's is higher wins. So they can choose between acrobatics or athletics, depending on what they have is better. Right. Like if you're a small guy, uh, you're going to jump away. If you're a big guy, you're going to try to, you know, brute strength it. So let's start with the why it's great for you. So you have um, basically, if you've done it right, you have plus five in strength. At level seven, you have plus three to your uh, modifier. So you're already rolling at a plus eight on a strength check, acrobat, uh, uh, athletics. Uh, now you took, now you take two levels in rogue. You take, <laughs> So the reason you take two levels in rogue, the first level you get expertise. So you get to throw double your proficiency modifier at two of your skills. So you use that for athletics <laughs> and I, I chose intimidation, but I would recommend a social. Intimidation so, you works, yeah. back on. Um, so now you're taking plus 11 on any uh, uh, push or grapple 
rolls and you're taking it at advantage. <laughs> wow. Right, right, right. So the chances of you failing. So when you grapple, there are some cool things. You reduce the your enemy's um, chances to hit to zero. If they're a caster, they take a disadvantage because you're within five feet of them. Uh, but the best parts are that you can then move them. There's no restriction to moving. You don't have to roll anything. So I can put someone in a headlock and then walk them 10 feet over to the edge of the cliff and push them off. <laughs> That'd be a really <laughs> fun class to play. Um, not only can you grapple, but then you can pair grapple with a shove because you can take, if you have two, two attack actions, which you would in this build, um, you can use each to make a special attack, which includes grapple and shove. So uh, th- something that people don't realize about shove, they always think about moving people five feet, but part of shove is if you succeed, you can shove people prone. Yeah. And that takes whether in a whole next turn, basically. Yeah. Uh, so not only are they going to roll on disadvantage on any attack rolls, uh, but they're going to have to waste half of their movement. So you really, your job as a grappler is to lock people down and make, make them waste their action economy. You're basically body slamming them basically. Right. So, and even if you successfully grapple on the first one, as long as you have at least one free hand, you can then make an unarmed or armed strike mm. against them. So you can grapple someone and then just punch them in the face. <laughs> it's real good. And see, you can either go intimidation or persuasion and be either the face or the heel, you know, choose yeah. your, choose your own adventure. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and the reason that this is really broken. So this is just, this is no one's fault. Uh, the, the designers of Dungeons and Dragons have come out that, um, there is a huge lack in creatures, monsters, and things that you fight along the way, NPCs, in athletics and acrobatics check. And while some creatures have them, uh, most creatures don't have them higher than you would expect to see a level one or two character. Gotcha. So even big gargantuan creatures that you would expect to have great athletics checks have like plus two. How does that work? Um, they admit that it's kind, it was kind of an oversight. They just don't give them skills? They just didn't give them those skills. Oh, so new campaigns that they start writing, they'll probably fix that because those monsters, unless it specifically says that they have an athletics or acrobatics check that they have some sort of bonus to you just roll their modifier, which is strength. Hmm. Next, they don't have that skill. Yeah. And then additionally, some, some, a lot of NPCs who are like caster types actually have negative modifiers, like heavy negative modifiers. <laughs> so you just easily grab them and throw them off the cliff. Just grab them and just shove them to the ground. And then they have disadvantage and I can hit them with advantage while they're on the ground. Just pummel them. Well, that already sounds better than the uh, mechanic for grapple in third edition of D and D. It was so complicated. You had to go back and forth like 15 checks. It was just a mess. For three and three, five are both considered just nightmarish. Yeah, it was. I'm so glad they simplified it. Uh, so that's the wrestler entertaining background, some roguish stuff. Oh, the other thing you get from rogue is you get a uh, roguish action. It's called roguish action where you, as you can take a bonus action each turn to take a dash or a disengage. That is something else that monks have is movement ability that makes their, their class work. And it gives you a little bit of that. So you can body slam and then run away. <laughs> and then additionally, then as the, uh, I forgot the class name. Of wrestler? Barbarian. Oh, barbarian. barbarian. Uh, uh, you get additional 10 feet of movement, which also is very monk-like. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you make up some of those deficiencies just with the class choices that you make. And you could take the improvised weapon feat or something. I think that's how it exists, Ta- doesn't it? So tavern brawler. So this is where the, the build really suffers, is that there are no fist weapons that basically unarmed strikes are complicated, mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. They are considered a melee weapon attack, so it depends on if a spell says 
like melee hyphen weapon attack or melee weapon attack without it. There's a lot, a lot of nomenclature and a lot, a lot of rules surrounding it that are very difficult. Um, but the thing with the wrestler is that you're never going to be a huge damage dealer, like ever. Just a utility, basically. You're, yeah. You're disabling people, which is very yeah, You're disabling, you're eating action economy, you're taking out that caster. Yeah. Or even that big monster that you can just take down for no reason. because <laughs> he has uh, no As athletic. long as he's not more than one size larger than you, you can do it. Yeah. Pretty perfect. Well, I like so that's, it. So that's the wrestler. That is my, my unarmed strength-based combatant. Well, if we don't hear something from our listeners, I'll just come up with an, another one for you to do. Uh, for oh, please do. The next time. Yeah. Please do. I'll think on it. All right. So I think that takes us on to our, uh, our podcast discussion of The Muppets. 2011 The Muppets. That's right. Such a happy song. It is. Uh, so this is really the reinvention of the Muppets that I was hoping was going to kickstart a whole thing. And unfortunately it didn't. Yeah. I mean, it made a little thing. It, yeah. it kind of did kickstart a thing. They got a second movie. They got a TV show, but just both of them didn't do very well. That's right. Uh, and this movie really came about because uh, Jason Siegel ended up working with a bunch of Muppeteers on forgetting Sarah Marshall. And then pitched the project, and because of Jason Siegel was so hot at that time and had made those connections, he made this movie happen. Yeah, pretty much was him pushing for that all along, and he's one that kind of made it happen. He's kind of like the Walter in this story. He is, he is Walter. <laughs> right. It's weird, but true. Um, so The Muppets, directed by uh, James Bobbin, who is one of the masterminds behind Ali G Show and Flay the Concords. Uh, and he wrote Muppets Most Wanted and directed it and directed this one, of course. Um, and I'd looked at his next project and his next upcoming project is some sort of live action Dora the Explorer. Oh, okay. Thing well, coming out in the next year. He's picking a lane. That's right. Um, I, I, he's also uh, makes sense of the connection to Fly the Concords because uh, that guy who wrote all the songs is from Fly the Concords. Brett McKenzie. He wrote most of them. Yeah, except for the ones yeah. that are recurring from other old Muppet things. But uh, and he got the Oscar for this song he wrote, uh, best original song he from Manor Muppet, Muppet, which is a great song. Um, so why not, let's start it. What, what's the plot of this this gem? Let's walk through it. This gem. Um, so it's the plot of the last movie we we reviewed. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> a little bit. There there are a, a lot of similarities, and basically you have to say that. A very merry Muppet Christmas movie uh, is not canon. If this movie is canon, only one of them can be, because at the end of the very merry Muppet Christmas movie, they officially make the Muppet Theater a landmark that can never be destroyed. Uh, so in this movie, we'll get to it later, but it, they say, "Oh, it's going to be destroyed." So, anyways, uh, <laughs> we start yeah, off. Yeah, true. Uh, it's, is I, first I want to say it was really odd seeing the Disney logo at the beginning of this movie. Cause it's the first That's one right. we have with that. And it was just kind of disconcerting. Um, but what's also weird is that, um, we start off with, uh, you see the story of Walter, who is a Muppet character, sure, you're gone. A, a puppet. I'm gone. Yeah. You just cut out real bad, but you're back now. Oh, my recording's still going. So that's good. Okay. Good, good. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Sorry. 
Oh, yeah, but we have Walter, who's like a, a puppet, not a Muppet yet, I guess, but he's technically a Muppet. And his brother is Jason Siegel, and they grow up together. And Loving the Muppets. Yeah, they love the Muppets, watch them all the time. It's like I was watching. Walter never quite fits in with the regular kids. Because he's not a regular kid. He's he's a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> but I also, I had to look up on IMDb and search pretty hard to figure out who was playing Walter. Because even though he's like the star of the movie, he's like... 20 people down the list on the IMDb listing for this movie. And it's Peter, hmm. Peter Linz, who I didn't know, but apparently he's got a huge Muppet history. thought maybe you'd know something about Peter Linz and his history with, uh, nah. with not Muppets. Not my head. Gotcha. Well, he's, uh, he played uh, Walter in the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. But he went back pretty far with uh, some of the movies. Um, he's younger than most of the people there though, but he, uh, yeah, he's had a long history with Muppets and different movies and stuff they've done. Playing smaller roles. Um, but yeah, so what happens next? Uh, so they grow up in small town USA and we get uh, a nice opening number, Life's Happy Song, uh, with Jason Single and Walter talking about how just everything great everything is. Right. And they're, and Jason Siegel's character is about to take his girlfriend, Mary, who's played by Amy Adams, uh, for their 10 year anniversary, I think it is, or something ridiculous yep. like that, um, to go into the city and to go to, to, go to Los Angeles. Right. And uh, she he's she's pretending to be OK with uh, the fact that Walter, his brother, is going to go with them for their romantic trip. And she makes him promise that to at least take her for that one night of dinner, just the two of them before they go. And he, and he agrees for some reason. He does. Um, uh, so they hop on a bus, they go out to LA and they go and visit the Muppet studios, which is now run down and ransacked. Yeah. It's and really sad. It's really sad and dilapidated. Alan Arkin does a brilliant cameo. He's the, the tour guide for the yeah. dilapidated thing. Welcome to the Muppet studios. And he throws a little handful of confetti. <laughs> it's really sad. Um, and this is where Walter sneaks into Kermit's office uh, you could see a lot of cool like Muppet paraphernalia on the walls and stuff, which was a nice little touch to see actual pictures uh, from the Muppet show. Over and the then oh no, someone's coming and it's Statler and Waldorf leading in Tex Ridgman, Uncle Deadly and Bobo Tex Ridgman. Uh, and you meet the villain of the film played by who, Chris Cooper. And you get some exposition where uh, basically the Muppets contract is going to expire and they're going to lose the Muppet theater and the Muppet name. And he's going to bulldoze it to get oil from underneath because the geological survey told him that there was oil underneath this uh, theater. That's that is one of my favorite moments in the whole thing, mostly because of Uncle Deadly and Bobo. He's like, ah, there's oil under this theater. I can smell it. And they go, oh, yes, sir. Not only that, but the geological survey says there definitely is. And it cuts to them and they go, oh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and apparently it was going to be played by. Um, Alan Rickman at first, but I don't know what happened. It kind of fell through. So Chris Cooper took it up and I think he did a great job. Chris Cooper does a great job. And what's the, the bear's name again? Bobo. I love Bobo. He's probably one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, he was great. It's the best part of uh, Muppets from space. <laughs> Easy does it, sir. Baby steps, sir. <laughs> yeah. He's always like the lackey of the villain, basically. <laughs> um. So it's revealed that this is the evil plan. Walter runs out screaming in what I think is a great shot. The him running while screaming shot. He screams for like a whole day. They like do a with montage the camera, of with the screaming. camera like on his face as he sprints. That's like one of my favorite shots of the movie. <laughs> um, 
and he finally reveals to Gary and Mary what what is going on, and they decide that they have to go and find Kermit's house to let him know it's going to happen. Right. So they uh, find a, a map, I guess, or no, they start searching and searching and searching, and then they suddenly yeah they want to give up, and she's like, "Wait, it's right here," because there's a big giant gate with Kermit's face on it. That's right. And uh, I had a really yeah. fun moment with this because they're trying to figure out how to get in. And uh, all of a sudden Kermit walks up and he's all like backlit and you hear like the angel singing as he's approaching, but it's just a, a church choir going by in a van. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was real good. I like that moment. Uh, so Kermit welcomes him in. They tell him what's happened. And uh, he just, they say the only way to raise the kind of money they would need to is to do a show. Right. Uh, and pictures in my head, which I think is one uh, a great little musical number. Very touching. I liked it a lot. A very touching, nice musical number uh, happens. And they decide to go out and try to reunite the gang. And the first person on their list is uh, Fozzie. Who's playing with a, a cover band uh, from the Muppets. The, called the Muppets. And uh, it's pretty funny. Dave Grohl at, is playing Animal. At, at the Pachula Casino. So you find that Fozzie is in this really bad situation. Him and Kermit make up and Fozzie decides to break up with the Muppets and rejoin the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. At first I uh, thought it was actually Rolf in the band, but it's just a Rolf lookalike basically with the cover band. <laughs> uh, and then they go and they get Gonzo next. Does that seem right? Uh, yes. Yes. I think so. Yeah. They go and they get Gonzo next. Uh, and he is, a plumbing millionaire <laughs> and uh, they want him back and he won't give up his business for it. Uh, and then Camilla talks him into it and then he jumps off the roof, lands in a thing and then pulls out a button that says like company detonation button or something. <laughs> he blows up the entire company. And then he hits the button. And says, run, run. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, and then you get a nod back to, what was originally supposed to be the next Muppet movie, uh, which I think it was called the cheapest Muppet movie ever made. <laughs> and the whole idea is that they were making a sequel to a movie and they put, they thought that they kept Gonzo out of trouble by putting him in charge of the opening credits. And Gonzo does this huge opening credit and wastes the whole budget of the movie on the opening credits. <laughs> and so they have to make the rest of the movie on the cheap. And that was the idea for, for this movie. Uh, and they make a nod to that because uh, they're like, look how expensive those explosions look. Yeah. And they don't show any of the explosions because <laughs> it happens behind yeah. the, the camera um, doesn't see it. But yeah, so that, that's, that was a nod to that original premise. Nice. I didn't know that. And then they go to find animal, I believe who is in a uh, anchor management, like commune or something <laughs> with Jack black, with Jack black and uh uh, Kristen Shaw, wasn't she the one? Yeah, reading she it? was. Yeah. In control. <laughs> uh, they get Animal back, and then don't, th- and then they decide to do the rest of the montage. Yes, but my favorite part of that is that uh, uh, Rolf is very upset. He's like, "Hey, why didn't you show my story? It was pretty interesting." And they go to him. He's just sitting on his porch reading a book. And they're like, "Hey, you want to come back in a hammock? <laughs> yeah, you want to come back with us?" He's like, "Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right." <laughs> That was pretty amusing. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when they're like, oh, well, now we get everyone back together. But clearly Miss Piggy isn't there. Mm-hmm. So they have to go to Paris, France. They drive to Paris, France. Via map. Travel by map to Paris, France <laughs> um, to get Piggy back. And she's working at Vogue magazine. And her secretary is Emily Blunt. Yep. 
and the Muppets try to get in and they get rejected. And then you get to see like old Muppet shenanigans, Muppet man, where it's all of the Muppets loaded into a trench coat together. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, I can't believe I fell for Muppet man. <laughs> um, Piggy refuses to come back because of her and Kermit's history. They do go for a walk later and talk about it. Uh, and she still says no. Yeah. So knowing that he's got to save the Muppets, they go and they uh, approach the Miss Piggy quasi alike from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to show up in Miss Piggy's place. And she's terrible. She is terrible. Um, and they go to, to pitch their show to this all different networks, um, pitch their telethon that they're, they're going to run, and they're all turning them down. And uh, they finally get to CDE, I guess, which is supposed to be uh-huh. like a knockoff of ABC. And, yes. uh, and they aren't going to do it, but then all of a sudden they have to cancel their best show. Uh, punch teacher. Punch t-shirt, teacher. Teacher. Um, because of lawsuits or something, and so they have to fill a spot quickly. And like they're already there in the office, they're like, okay, you got it. As Rashida Jones is the uh, the executive at there, and Donald Glover is her assistant, yeah. And good Ken, cameos all around. Ken Jong is the host of uh, Punch, Punch Teacher. Teacher, so a lot of cameos, right? Rap, cameo. Rapid fire cameos. Uh, so now they've got to find a celebrity host for the show. Uh, meanwhile, they go to visit the Muppet Studios, and it's trashed. No one's been there for years, except for Beauregard, the janitor, who is still there for some reason. Not doing his job very well. Uh, and they decide they're going to do this, the, the cleanup to, uh, well, you do it to music. <laughs> and that is when one of the worst throwaway sequences of the entire film happens. What do you mean? We built this city on rock and roll. What a throwaway. Why not put a real song in there? Well, I guess because they already... No, yeah, I don't know. That was weird, but I, mean, I liked it. It worked, but... It, it, it was such a throwaway. Yeah, why didn't they have a cleaning song? Well, the reason... Well, here's why. They had to shorten it, and they had to intersperse Kermit the Frog trying to get celebrities, celebrity guests, in between. And that's easier with, like, a song song mm-hmm. than it is with an original piece. So that's why they did it. They had to cram those two things together. It was an odd choice, but... It worked for me. I had mine. Uh, so then Walter is unceremoniously welcomed to the Muppets uh, while they have to start working on their acts to put together a show by the end of the week. Right. And uh, I, around this point, when I started asking myself, where's Rizzo? Because <laughs> he's very much absent for this whole movie. Uh, yeah, they, they actually make mention of that. If not in this movie, then the next one. Okay, so he's the I think, more. I think it was the next one. Yeah, is he around more in the next movie? Uh, no. Let's say my favorite duo is Gonzo and Rizzo. Yeah, uh, they missed out. They they made a bad call. Uh, Weird. So where are we in the plot? I put uh, somewhere Piggy around here is that Miss Sarah Silverman's around here at some point. I forgot where she popped up. Uh, she is at the diner when Amy Adams goes to take a break. Oh, yeah, she's, a, she's a waitress, yeah. Uh, and then Party of One, another just awful sequence. It was uh, very poorly choreographed, but I didn't mind the song. It's just that it was strangely choreographed and edited. I don't know what they were doing there with that. Yeah, I, it just the, some of the musical moments in this are brilliant, and some of them I just feel really missed the mark. I'd say missed the mark is a good way to describe it, yeah, because it wasn't terrible. It was just like, well, this doesn't really do anything for me, but it's the song wasn't bad. 
Yeah, I mean, you know why I came to see a Muppet movie? So I could see Amy Adams do a musical number without Muppets. Yeah, there's a lot more humans in this than than usual, which is kind of strange. Yes, that is accurate. Uh, so at some point they go and they see Tex Richmond. This may have happened already, but they go and see Tex Richmond to ask him for the theater back. And he does what I think is one of the better musical moments where he does like a, a R like a not quite a rap, but a in between rap, R and B kind of number. Hip hop. Yeah. Music number about who he is and why he's such a bad guy. <laughs> it was surprisingly done pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in this song actually is the exposition that makes his character make sense. And they cut the verse. I did read that trivia. Yeah. So apparently as a kid, he was, he was, he is unable to laugh is the idea of Tex Richmond. He is unable to laugh. But as a kid, it was revealed to his friends when he was watching the Muppets with them and everyone laughed and he didn't. And then they made fun of him right. for not laughing at the Muppets. And throughout uh, the movie, which also, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're probably about to say the same thing, uh, which explains throughout the movie where he, he says maniacal laugh maniacal laugh it's because he can't laugh it's the whole premise of his character and they cut one verse of the song that made that happen and then you don't understand why he's doing that the rest of the movie why he doesn't laugh because it's not explained and then at the end after he gets hit in the head he starts laughing a ton right and that would have made paid off a lot better if we had that one verse in the song right right. so because that they took the wind out of the villain (laughs) <laughs> and it was nice that they put uh, subtitles because it is a little hard to understand in some parts. So, but it was, it was, it was fun. That's right. Uh, so the Muppets move towards putting their show together. Everything's terrible. The rehearsals are going very poorly. Uh, Kermit asks um, Walter if he wants to do an act. And meanwhile, uh, Mary is mad at Gary because he completely forgot their anniversary dinner. Gary's pretty shitty. Which is their whole reason, whole reason for coming. So Gary goes back to California, uh, and Walt stays to help the Muppets. Uh, the Muppets go and they kidnap Jack Black, so he'll be their celebrity host, right? Uh, and Tex Richmond makes plans to like stop the Muppets performing because if the telephone telethon can't happen, then they can't raise the money. And around that time, did you mention that the the um the man or Muppet song already happened. Oh yeah. No. Uh, so then when Gary and Mary uh, are mad at each other and Walter's trying to figure out what he's going to do, here comes man or Muppet, which is a great, great song and funny too. It was, it was funny and, and yet moving at the same time, funny and getting to see a Muppet version of Jason Siegel and then a, a human version of Walter played by Jim Parsons. Were, Big Bang which, Theory. This, this may be the only thing I like Jim Parsons in. Yeah, like that that two minute thing in this movie because we don't actually hear his real voice and he just he just is cute and um, likable for once. Yeah, so Man Up It, and that's the one that won the Oscar and it won it for a good reason. So it's the night of the show and they open up and nobody is in the audience except for Hobo Joe, which is a great uh, Zach Galifianakis <laughs> cameo. Why is everyone forgetting about Hobo Joe? <laughs> that's very strange. Uh, they start the show, people start to filter in, uh, and they have a couple acts, I believe. I'm trying to think of what they are. Gonzo does a crazy bowling ball thing. Oh, we did mention that uh, Miss Piggy came back, um, right? Yeah, Miss Piggy comes back. <laughs> she decides to help and after all. She kicks out the Muppets, the, the Muppet lady. Uh, but they start worrying that they're not going to get enough attention, and then uh, um, Jason Siegel had gone back to Smallville 
or small town USA to have dinner with her. Um, he's like, I decided to be with you and they're watching it on the TV and they feel sad. That there's no one there in the audience. And then, but randomly, uh, celebrities start showing up and people start showing up and gets busier and busier. And, uh, you get Whoopi Goldberg, Selena Gomez, the kid from modern family, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, John Krasinski, James Carville. A uh, uh, fun thing about the kid from modern family, uh, Rico Rodriguez, uh, he asked Kermit if they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Kermit says yes. This is a nod to the fact that Jim Henson's Creature Shop is the one that did the anima- animatronics for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in its sequel. Uh, and the second film was actually dedicated to Jim Henson after his death. I do remember that because I was on my VHS cassette. They always said that. Yep. That's why. It's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, it starts getting populated. They're getting excited because this, the uh, auditorium is all full now. And they're making money and there's a big clock up on the wall. Uh, one of my favorite performances is Cluck You, which is done by uh, Camilla and the Chickens, which is a nod to CeeLo to Green, who's, whose song it is, who performed at the 53rd Grammys in an outfit that was an homage to one that uh, Elton John wore when he hosted the Muppet show. <laughs> it's a weird in, in the 70s. vortex of connections. Vortex of connections, yeah. Um, and uh, then all the lights go out, the power goes out. Tex Richmond has gone up and has gone and cut the power outside, yeah, with uh, an axe. But then, luckily, let Mary and Gary come back and she bypasses the power because she's like a master electrician or something. Oh, yeah, they show one uh, scene of that in the beginning. She's like teaches an automotive repair class or something, so uh, <laughs> and then she uh, and then Tex Richmond says, Fine, he'll go up and he'll cut the, the cables. Uh, that for the feed on the roof and he starts climbing and uncle deadly goes after him and then stops him and Tex Richmond falls and hits his head and starts laughing, which didn't pay off. Oh, he doesn't fall yet. I thought he did. He falls. You the call very that a maniacal laugh. He falls at the very end. Unless you saw a different okay. version than I did. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. He falls yeah. and then it cuts back to the show and the show is just going really well. And not until the very end, like when they're all dancing in the street, does he? Oh, uh, and then Gonzo hits him in the head with the bowling ball that finally releases. Right, 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 right. So uh, this whole time, uh, Walter is very nervous. He can't figure out what his skill is or what his talent is that he could show off in the show. And uh, Gary had come back with Mary at this point. And so they encourage him and say, You're, you belong here. You're one of them. You can find your talent. And so he goes out on stage and he whistles like an aria or something. And he's really good and uh, yeah. really pretty. And the whole yeah, audience whistling ends up being his talent. Yeah, it was really cute. Uh, so after he, br- he brings down the house, uh, it's shown that, oh, they made, oh, oh, just a dollar short. And I love how they're like, oh, like someone wouldn't just give them a dollar. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Uh, but then Fozzie falls against the sign and it, it straightens up and realizes that they only have 99,000 and not uh, yeah. 99 million. And then they're like, oh, we weren't even close. I feel better about that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Chris so Cooper's like, it's all mine now. Ha 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 ha. I own the place. Get out of here. Get out right now. So they leave. Uh, yeah. So they go out and they walk out to like an adoring public who's so excited the Muppets are back. The whole street's uh, crowded. The whole street is crowded, and they they make this whole speech about how they're going to start from the bottom, and no matter what happens, they're still the Muppets, and they're proud of what they've done. And 
so on and so forth. And then Gonzo hits uh, Chris Cooper with a bowling ball and he hits his head and he wakes up and he's happy and he's laughing and he gives them back the theater. Yeah, he loves the Muppets now and gives them back the theater for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you get a, a closing musical number. Uh, which is Life's Happy Song again. Is that right? Yep, this is where I got it from. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That song. <laughs> uh, and they close out, and there's fireworks, and happily ever after. It was really cute. Yeah. Uh, overall, this is a solid entry into the into the Muppets brand. It is certainly better than some of the ones that we've watched. Uh, I don't put it, you know, it, it's not in the League of the Original 3. Oh, those, are your, I, those are the favorites? Oh, they'll always be the favorites. Manhattan, Caper, and Muppet Movie? Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, but this one, I think, deserves a place at, at, towards the top of what remains. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a modern it was great for a modern audience because they did the things that the more modern audience would want to see, like um, more of the human actors a lot of flashy num- big numbers um and it just moved pretty fast there wasn't any slow moments uh well that's not entirely true some of the songs were kind of very nice and emotional and slow and um i teared up a few times yeah pictures in my head yeah absolutely yeah so i mean it's just a well-rounded movie i i can't say i can't really say yet where i rank it but i it's in the top for me for sure okay good well i'm glad you enjoyed it cuz it's the second to the last one that's very true <laughs> well i only disliked a couple of them what was the one i disliked that you were offended by oh, uh you you didn't like christmas carol oh right and and don't say me sensible people everywhere were offended by the fact that you didn't like christmas carol <laughs> was that the one i didn't like i thought i did yeah. like that one no it was muffin's christmas carol it really it definitely was because oh. we did a lot of michael Caine impression and i did I, I didn't like the songs i think that's part of it too Michael Caine. <laughs> I'm in the Christmas Carol. What do you do when you fall down, Master Bruce? I get back up again. I will not bury you, Master Bruce. Michael Caine. <laughs> um, so that's been the that's been the Muppets. Uh, I'm I'm excited that we're kind of coming to an end on this saga because this has been. I think we did our first one of these two years ago or something like that. It's been a while. Um, and since this is a new part in the series and technology's gotten so much better. It was nice that the filmmakers still decided to use old style techniques for all the Muppet effects to uh, keep it uh, the feel of the original Muppet movies, which was kind of neat. Um, yeah, the only effects. true computer generated stuff they did, which is something they continue to do, is uh, all the rods were removed for the puppets. Yeah, which I'm totally cool with. I'm like that. Makes right, sense. It, it's one of the more acceptable things in my book. You're removing something instead of adding CGI crap. Right. You know, same reason you remove wires when someone's flying through the air. Right. And this is the smallest appearance of Rizzo the Rat since The Great Muppet Caper. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's terrible. I love Rizzo. I miss him. Yeah. Um, the first theatrical Muppet film in 12 years. The last two ones we've reviewed were just on television. That's uh, right. It's true. So uh, producers gave Jason Siegel, Gary, a feedback card from a child audience member at an early test screening of the film. The producers attached a handwritten note to Jason's feedback card that said to keep you humble. When asked to describe what the child audience member did not like about the film, the child wrote in response, Gary's face. 
<laughs> so the kid just uh, didn't like uh, his face. Something else nice. Uh, at the end of production, uh, Jason Siegel was given his Gary puppet, which was the puppet made that to look like him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is very much um, uh, after it's sort of old school Muppet tradition. Uh, when somebody had a puppet built for them and then given to them, they were sort of branded as a friend of the Muppets. He definitely is. He's their Walter, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it, that's a nice homage to sort of one of the old offerings from old Muppet society, so to speak. To so a rite of passage kind of thing. Yeah. Not everybody got their own puppet, but if you did, you were a friend of the Muppets. And in an early draft of the film, Tex, Rich, Tex Richmond would have been revealed to be Kermit the Frog disguised in a human suit, having made up Tex's plans with the intent of getting the Muppets back together. The idea was dropped after it was thought that children would be confused seeing Kermit lie. <laughs> Steve Whitmire even swore to have his name omitted from the credits if the plot point made it to the final film. Wow. So I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, me too. That'd be terrible. <laughs> it been a little weird twist. I don't see Kermit doing that. Be very odd. But yeah, that's been uh, The Muppets. The Muppets, 2011. Very exciting. Next Muppet movie will be Muppets... What's it called? Uh, Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, the Muppets last Most one. Wanted, yes. I'm excited about that. Will be it's an end of an era, man. That's right. <laughs> All right. So you got something for me? I do, I do, I do. Thank you for reminding me. So <laughs> even though I had the schedule right in front of us. So you have two options. Okay. General trivia about the Muppets. Okay. And you'll you'll have to answer the questions, test your knowledge, or just Muppet voices trivia. Who voiced who? Let's uh, let's just do general Muppets trivia. Okay, I'll save the other one for the next movie then. Okay, deal. All right, so let me put that in my other bookmarks folder. Okay. So we got 20 questions here. Yeah. We'll go fast. This one's, we'll start off easy. <laughs> what are the names of the two old men who sit in the balcony? Uh, Styler Waldorf. Okay. Which of the following is not a Muppet performer? Richard Hunt, Jerry Nelson, Ricky Clayton, Dave Ricky Goals. Clayton. Ricky Clayton. I'm going to have to hear you say the last one. All right. What Muppet did Frank Oz and Richard Hunt take turns performing during season one of The Muppet Show? Fozzie? Uh, Sweetums? Miss Scooter? Oh, or Miss Piggy. Okay. It's Miss Piggy. (laughs) You got it. All right. Which character was performed by Jim Henson? Sergeant Floyd Pepper? Waldorf? George the Janitor? Or Janice? Uh, Waldorf should be. Okay. We'll get the results of the first 10 in a second. Okay. In the reoccurring sketch, Veterinarian's Hospital, the role of Dr. Bob was played by Ralph the Dog. Which two female Muppets play the roles of Dr. Bob? Janice and Miss Piggy. All right. Tune in next week when you'll hear Nurse Piggy say. (laughs) All right. Statler is performed by Steve Whitmire. Steve gained the role once Jerry Nelson retired from performing with the Muppets due to health reasons. However, Jerry Nelson did not always perform Statler. Who was Statler's original performer? Uh, Richard Hunt. All right. Which of the following Muppets was not performed by Frank Oz? George the Janitor, Sam the Eagle, the Great Gonzo, or Fozzie? Gonzo. All right. Played by Goals. (laughs) Which character was performed by Jerry Nelson? Dr. Teeth, Floyd Pepper, Zoot or animal? Floyd Pepper. <laughs> All right. Number nine. What were the two pink characters in the Mana Mana sketch known as? 
Do you want the <sighs> multiple choice? Yeah, this one I need multiple choice for. Oh, sweet. All right. The Snoths, the Birdos, the Yip Yips, or the Woozles? I'll say whatever the first one was. The Snoths? Yeah, I guess. Birdos <laughs> doesn't sound right. Okay. Well, Birdo is the name of the thing from uh, the second Super Mario game. Oh, I think that you're right. It kind of looks like those pink things. That's why I don't think it's the right answer. All right. Well, the yip yips are the yip, 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 yip. I know those aren't it. I'm going to save the other 10. It's a different, different quiz for later because this is already enough. Okay. Last okay. one. Um, after season two, George the Janitor was no longer a part of the Muppet Show. Sure. Which of the following Muppets replaced George in season three? No oh, regard. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's submit my answers <laughs> and see how well you did. I may have switched up some of the Statler Waldorf stuff. You got 10 out of 10. Yeah, there we go. Never mind. I didn't. <laughs> you got that one you guessed, the Snoaths. You got that I didn't right. guess. I was able to eliminate two others. Right. So by it was default. an informed so, guess. Right, right. It was an informed guess. The Snoaths were called thus as they have a cross between a snout and a mouth. Uh, I like that. Also, oh, it's Snouths is how you pronounce that then. Uh, did I did I pass? Are you not entertained? <laughs> so Statler and Waldorf are named after hotels in New York. Yep. Uh, uh, Waldorf Astoria and the something something Statler. Jerry Nelson first joined the Muppets in 1965, Richard Hunt 1969, and David Gols in 1973. Uh, yep. Miss Piggy was originally performed by both Richard and Frank, but she became a bit more of a main character. Frank took over. Yeah, Richard did the first appearances uh, and originally, she was just like a, an extra pig. Wow. Uh, but but uh, audiences fell in love with her and producers fell in love with her and moved into being a full-time character. That is pretty much when Frank took over. That makes sense. Uh, so Floyd Pepper is performed by Jerry Nelson, George by Frank Oz, and Janice by Richard Hunt. Uh, let's see. The recurring sketch, Frontier's Hospital. Uh Okay, so I think that you got to, uh, oh, so uh, the uh, the challenge from, not challenge, what I took as a challenge from Josh on the Rust and Robot podcast, uh, I think all three of the points I made were illustrated in this movie. Were uh, they now? You got to see Sweetums at the car lot where he lifts the car in the first movie, Madman Moody and Son's car lot. That's true. You get to see Crazy Harry use his plunger to blow something up. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen Crazy Harry. And you get to see the Swedish chef with real human hands gripping a like <laughs> dough roller, which he uses to subdue Jack Black. That's true. This is all true. Yep. So it was all illustrated. And you get to see Miss Piggy fight uh, the Moopit Pig. The Moopit. <laughs> well, I guess that's finally ending our Muppet discussion for at least for a while now uh, as we right. head on to some trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. To burn it, Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. 
And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for a play on nerds. Alrighty. So, what do you want to talk about first, good sir? I don't. I don't know. I feel like we we were, were sort of lost on what to do, and then two trailers kind of worked their way out of the woodwork. Yeah, they kind of fell in our lap. The last minute and fell in our lap. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the one I personally am more excited for, and that is John Wick Three: Parabellum. All right, here we go. Jonathan, what have you done? There's no escape for you. The high table wants your life. Tell me what you want. Passage. I can't help you. Do you expect him to make it out? A $14 million bounty on his head. Everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Dark. Five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. And away we go. Sophia, we're not going in like the old days. Just a conversation. Nothing's ever just a conversation with you, John. All right. So we have at the end of the, uh, the Sophia he's talking about is Halle Berry uh, showing her face for the first time in a while. <laughs> I haven't seen her in anything uh, in a while. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this movie. It looks like it's more of what I love from the other two John Wick films. And I love those movies. So me too. It does not look like I'm going to be disappointed with this. My biggest disappointment is Halle Berry. <laughs> I want her to be able to come back. I know, but like to, I, I don't know. And it, honestly, the worst part is I can't think of who they w- could have put into this role that I would have been more excited about. John Wick is such a badass character. They've spent two movies showing you what a badass character he is. And then to suddenly pair him up with someone who you're supposed to like assume is his equal or close. And it's Ali Berry <laughs> right. and two dogs, at least one of which, you know, is dead. Oh, geez. Um, but it, I, but at the same time, I said, I can't think of someone who would be like, oh, yeah, if they put this person in this role, I would I would say yes. I think they should have gone a different route where they should have had somebody who has a different kind of skill set who could have been maybe an older actress or um, somebody who did not have to do the fighting the same way he does. And that would make it more interesting and why he'd need them to help him, basically, you know, like a demolition expert or uh, just a sharpshooter. A or sniper something. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, but they didn't do that. So we'll see how it turns out. But what do you what do you give this flick? You think? Uh, this is a show to take my money. Oh. If I can go see Shut it, up and I take my money. I had to play that. Uh, yeah, same thing for me. Um, if I can see the theater, I will. If not, I'll immediately uh, rent it when it comes available. But yeah, it looks awesome. And the other first two are just so fun. And this one, he's riding a horse at one point. You don't get better than that. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Uh, so, what's our next movie? Our next movie is Spider-Man Far From Home, the second in the Sony slash Marvel Hook up. Thank you, Spider-Man. That was so good. Hey, sorry I'm late. Happy. You look nice. Thank you. You too. Thank you. New dress? Yes, it is. How'd you know? <laughs> what just happened? Planning a trip? Mm-hmm. Going to Europe. It's a school trip. Did you get your passport? Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Mini toothpaste? Mm-hmm. Pack your suit. 
I just want to go on my trip with my friends. Europe doesn't really need a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You look really pretty. And therefore, I have value. No, no, that's not I'm right. messing with you. <laughs> you look pretty, too. I just want to spend some time with MJ. I think she really likes me, dude. Reminds me when I first fell in love. I had just finished my phone call. So nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. You're Nick Fury. Put some clothes on. Let's go for a ride. Is he going to be okay like that? Might want to turn him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue. I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome! You got gifts, Parker. But you have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? You're all alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you gonna do about it? You don't want any part of this. Who is that guy? He's like Iron Man and Thor rolled into one. He's no Spider-Man. What is it with you and Spider-Man? What, he looks out for the neighborhood, has a dope suit, and I really respect him. Sup, dickwad? So you're not as excited about this one as you are about John Wick? Uh, no, but it's only because I just love the John Wick films. Just love them. Gotcha. This is just another in an endless cycle of superhero films. So <laughs> the endless cycle, <laughs> it's just, it's just part of reality now. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I don't know. It's still gonna be good though. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. So we were told that, that this takes place like minutes after the events of uh, Endgame, supposedly. And they're, they supposedly haven't changed that position. So Endgame is going to be crazy. Just crazy. This happens after Endgame. Yes. How does that work? So that is, I don't. Is this coming out before Endgame though? No. Oh. Okay. I don't think that makes more sense then. I don't know, but they, I don't know. They haven't changed their position on that though. Um, so that means obviously the world's okay and back to normal again. Or the solution is more crazy than we could possibly imagine. I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we get to see Mysterio, who's a cool villain and possibly another villain because there's like elemental water and fire and stuff i think mr yo controls that stuff maybe but here's the thing in the apparently in the comics mysterio is just a like hollywood stuntman and all of his powers are just like hollywood tomfoolery really and he wants to be famous huh i didn't know that right um, so there could be another villain in play. It could be him. They could be taking a told, whole new like role on the character. Yeah, I'm sure like over the you know 50 years, there's been some versions of Mysterio who actually has powers. Absolutely, I'm sure. But um, Jake Gyllenhaal playing him is pretty awesome. Um, he's a yeah, great yeah, actor. They got a high caliber actor. Hopefully it's a high caliber character. Uh, he, I saw him interviewed on Colbert. And he said, what's taking you so long to get in these superhero films? He's like, well, I was just waiting for a part that I was interested in. And I read this and it, it actually interested me. So I took it because he doesn't take roles. He doesn't want. He doesn't have to. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you're right. He's one of those actors who's been very picky in his career and it's paid off for him. Yeah, he just does like weird indie films and strange things like that. So interesting choice. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give this a we'll see. I'm not really sold on it yet. But but it'll be the same caliber as any other Marvel superhero movie. It'll be good. I'm going to give a shove, take my money. For sure. Fair. Fair rating. So I think that brings us to some Radical Recommends. I recommend. 
If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, so uh, you got something for us this week, buddy? Uh, yeah, actually, I meant to do it now, but I accidentally did it earlier, and that's a glass. Oh, <laughs> well, good. That's a double I recommend. recommend it's supposed to be glass. Gotcha. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't think it, it deserves the ire it's getting. Check out glass. That's my radical recommend. Fantastic. And for me, I have two. Uh, one is Future Man Season 2. Uh, did you watch Future Man Season 1? I did. I haven't had a chance to check out season two yet. Um, it's so far. I'm not all the way through it yet. It's not as good as the first season. Cause I think it's just so much ridiculousness setting up that character. Um, second season, it's, it's a little more static as far as where they are and what's going on so far. At least I'm only about okay. five episodes in, but there's still, the characters are so hilarious. Uh, the premise of future man is basically, uh, like that. Uh, what is that movie called? Where a kid basically is really good at this video game, and he's the only person to ever beat it. And oh, it's Starman! Not Starman. It was um, not Starman. Uh, oh, the uh, last fighter, something Starfighter. Sure, Star the last fighter. Starfighter. Last Starfighter. There we um, go. But yeah, so it's, but it's done by um, Seth Rogen is the producer writer on it, um, and he people from the future come back as he beats this video game. It was a test to find their soldier that could save them and stop the future from coming to pass. And it's all ridiculous over the top humor and, and ridiculous over the top violence too. And time travel and paradox shenanigans and real good stuff. Yes. It's really funny. Um, so definitely check out season two. after you've checked out season one and also my mom brought this up a long time ago. I don't think we actually confronted it, but Coco, the movie that you said you didn't like it. Yeah. I don't, I loved Coco. It was great. It was okay. <laughs> but she had she had listened to episodes in, in quick succession, and she listened to an old episode where you said you didn't like Coco, and I hadn't seen it yet. And then I saw it, and I was like, I love that movie. And I was telling her about it, and she's like, Steven said he hated that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, I don't hate it, but I just don't enjoy it. I just love that. That kid made me cry a few times. He was just so adorable when he sang. It just made my heart just collapse. Aw, that's adorable. Nah, it's real bad. <laughs> watch Coco, folks. Judge for yourselves. Don't watch Coco. Let me judge for you. <laughs> but that brings us to a thank you section. Thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Is this one we can't do anymore? Down yeah. I don't even care okay, anymore. Okay, so we can't talk over the whole thing. Talk over the whole thing. Uh, yeah, so that way the algorithm can't catch us, I don't think. I'll play it backwards. I bet so it's you like also, a... if you, yeah, play it uh, like at 10% faster or 20% faster, I bet you they couldn't catch it. It is a little harder. Um, but it's really, it's actually more difficult to talk all the way over it than I thought it would be. <laughs> so. All right. So we have some thanks to give out here. Um, first, thanks to Josh and Sean over at the Russet Robot podcast. Uh, we ha- they had a nice response to Steve's response to their Muppet hypothetical situation on their last episode. So that's right. I was expecting Josh to really put up a fight after what you and Sean told me, but he, he was he very polite. Like, he took it like a champ. He, he took was it like a champ. Very nice and polite about it, and it was just great. So you know, never judge a book by its. And I look forward to cover. him showing me up on something. Uh, absolutely i'm sure he can and will um <laughs> but in response to our last episode and the back and forth between our two shows uh daniel peter hitch listens to both these shows he said on twitter uh, great review but stay for muppet gate at the end as a play on nerd steve brings forth his mighty muppet no- muppet cojones <laughs> that's right uh, in a throwdown secret sequel to last week's rusted robot 
Josh hypothetical. It's a podcast crossover we ne- never saw coming. A play on robots, rusted nerds. <laughs> so that was nice. And uh, also in response to our last episode, longtime listener that we haven't heard from in a while, Captain Hot Dog. Do you remember him from a long time yeah. ago? I think he he answered maybe the only time we ever got an answer to a trivia question we asked. Yeah, we had like a competition for a few episodes and like he won that. So we gave him like a prize of some sort of like a recording. We, yeah, we it was a shout out. I think we said like all hail Captain Hot Dog. That's right. That's right. Uh, so he says, um, I forgot that I haven't eaten, but I had me some drinking. <laughs> that's what he wrote. And he says, love you guys. I think the rusted robot guy might be serial killer. Do you capitalize serial killer? (laughs) So he had capitalized serial and killer. And then he says, do you capitalize serial killer? (laughs) So he was drinking. I think he drunk tweeted us. Stumbled upon the podcast. <laughs> but oh, I, uh, thank you for the mention. Well, back in the, the 10 forward days, he would comment. He was like the funniest commenter on that all the time. He was just a hilarious guy. Um, so that was great. <laughs> and in a very delayed reply to our episode 90, uh, the Meteor Man film review oh, that's right. on YouTube, we had someone named Don L W who just commented, what is this shit? <laughs> This good sir is a play on nerds and we're happy to have you as a listener. Yeah. He just, he just a show we posted, you know, months and months ago, some guy just went on and says, what is this shit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for commenting. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks Donnell. I hope you have a good day. <laughs> that was pretty amusing. Uh, well, I think uh, that, that closes us out. It uh, does. Join us again next week when we're going to talk about who knows what we don't know yet. Maybe Star Trek, maybe something totally different. It's going to be exciting. But either way, we're going to keep coming back to be your nerdy co-hosts if you guys keep coming back to be our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. Good luck editing that one. (laughs) 